0: Now, it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In today's Gospel, as well as next week's Gospel, we hear a great conversation between Jesus and Peter. Now, in this week's Gospel, all of our faith and all of our Catholic teaching and tradition hinges on those two questions that Jesus asks, as well as Peter's answer. Notice what Jesus says. He says, who do the people say that I am? Now, we would say, for lack of a better term, Jesus is conducting a popular opinion poll, or it seems. He wants to know, based upon his preaching and teaching, as well as the miracles that he's performed, have the people formed an impression about him? Now, this is a very odd question to ask. Notice where they are. They entered Caesarea Philippi, which is the heart of Gentile territory. Now, Jesus didn't really spend a whole lot of time with the Gentiles. Most of his ministry was with the Jewish people in Jewish territory. And so, the first thing that we can take from this, if Jesus really wanted to know what the people thought of him, he would ask this question in Jewish territory because those were the people that knew him the most. Those people were exposed to him, his miracles and his teaching. So we can reasonably conclude, because Jesus didn't really spend too much time with the Gentiles, they probably have not formed an impression about him. But let's focus on the question itself. Who do the people say that I am? Jesus doesn't ask, you know, do the people subscribe to my way of life? No. And he doesn't ask, do the people believe? In my preaching and teaching, he doesn't ask those questions. He asks, who do the people say that I am? Why is that? Because Christianity is the only religion that wonders and is all about its creator, the person of God. If you look at all other religions in this world, all other religions are not about their creator. I'll give you a great example. Buddhism. Now, the Buddhist is not interested in the Buddha himself. In fact, the Buddha himself would say, Buddhism is not about me, but it's instead finding the path of enlightenment and walking that path every day of your life. But not so with Christianity. Christianity is all about its founder, Jesus Christ. That's why we call ourselves Christians after the name of Jesus Christ. Now, throughout the centuries, that question who do the people say that I am, has echoed through the halls of our church for hundreds and hundreds of years. If you look at the very early councils of Nicaea, Constantinople, Ephesus, they all wrestled with that question, who do the people say that I am? And yet it was from that question that we learn the deepest truths of our faith about the Holy Trinity, one God and three persons, about the true presence of Christ in the Eucharist, about Mary, her Immaculate Conception, and Glorious Assumption. All the teaching, doctrine, and dogma are based upon that question. Now, go back into the Gospel. The crowds, apparently, they have mixed feelings about Jesus and who he is. For them, Jesus was probably an intriguing and captivating figure. And they have a wide range of opinions of who he really is. Now, the one common theme amongst all those opinions is they're all dead wrong. They're not even close to coming to who he is. But then there comes that watershed moment. Jesus, he turns to the apostles and he says to them, but who do you say that I am? I think Jesus never cared about what the crowds thought of him, but he did care about what the apostles thought, if they really knew who he was. Now remember, the apostles are standing there and they represent the church. So what is Jesus really asking? Does the church really know who I am? Because if they do, then they can carry out Jesus' ministry after he leaves and ascends back into heaven. Now, if there's anyone who should know Jesus' identity, it should be the apostles. They were the chosen few. They have been with Jesus for three years, day in, day out. They've walked with him. They've talked with him. They ate with him. They listen to his preaching and teaching day in and day out. They've witnessed his miracles. If anyone should know who Jesus is, it should be the apostles. Now notice, none of them speak up except for Peter. So it begs the question, do the other apostles doubt in who Jesus truly is? Or are they allowing Peter to be the spokesperson of them all? Well, we really don't know. But what we do know is Peter speaks up, and he says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, remember, again, the apostles make up the church. Peter is going to be the first pope of our church. So, Peter speaks on behalf of our church. Well, that's a time-honored tradition. It continues even to this day. Pope Francis, whenever he talks, he talks on behalf of the universal Catholic Church. I think Peter is doing just that. Now, why is it that Peter gets it? Is it because he's the smartest amongst all the apostles? Hardly. Peter is a simple fisherman. He's even illiterate. In fact, Peter recruited Mark to be his interpreter and secretary. Many scholars believe that the Gospel of Mark is essentially Peter dictating everything that he knows about the church and Jesus Christ and Mark feverishly writing it all down. That's why Mark's gospel is published just a few years after Peter's martyrdom. And so why does Peter understand? Why does Peter get it? Is he the holiest amongst all the apostles? Hardly. Peter is constantly vacillating. Sometimes his faith is hot, sometimes it's cold. It was Peter that betrayed Jesus, denied him three times. Now I would say, John should be the one who knows Jesus' identity. He was the beloved of the apostles. He was closest to Jesus. And he was the most mystical. But he doesn't say anything. But instead, Peter gets it right. Now, why is that? Well, Jesus tells us. He says, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my heavenly Father. Well, that can't be more clearly stated than that. Through the power of God the Father and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter came to know who Jesus truly is. Now, Peter couldn't figure it out on his own. He couldn't use his intellect or his own spirituality. He needed the power of God the Father and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to come to know who Jesus truly is. More to it, upon this inspired confession of Peter, our church is now built. That's why Jesus says to Peter, And so I say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of the netherworld shall not prevail over it. Our church rests upon the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the power of God the Father to come to know Christ, but also all the deepest truths of our faith and our church. The truth about the Holy Trinity the Eucharist, Mary, all those things that we know as our doctrine and our dogma are not based upon popular opinion polls, but instead by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. Now, with that, I think we should breathe a collective sigh of relief or even say thank God for that. Now, why is that? Why is this so very, very important now more than ever in this day and age? Well, it's because of the increasing secularity of our culture and our society, not just in the United States, but around the world. I'll give you two great examples of this. A few days ago, I read an article about the Catholic Church in Ireland, and it stated that the percentage of the population who identified themselves as Catholic fell from 84% just five years ago to 78% today. It also noted that there are parishes in Dublin itself where the presence at Sunday Mass is about 5% of the Catholic population and in some cases even below 2%. Why such a decline? Well, because of the secularization of Ireland itself. The people no longer see the Catholic Church as an influence on their culture or their values. But take it to a local level. Maybe you've heard Catholics say, our church ought to base itself on things that are more popular or trending in our culture. Or you may hear Catholics say, well, if it's a value or a lifestyle is becoming increasingly prevalent and accepted by our society and culture, then the church should also accept it or adopt it. Or you may hear other Catholics say that our church needs to be governed by majority rules. Just last week on the news, I saw a Washington, D.C. politician who claimed to be Catholic but in the same breath said that the church needs to be more relevant and therefore it needs to adopt more values and lifestyles that our culture and our society has already adopted. Well, if we are going to adopt as part of our doctrine and dogma things based upon popular opinion polls or things that are prevalent or socially accepted, whether it's values or lifestyles, into our church, then essentially we will not know the truth. All of our teaching will be dead wrong, just like those people in the crowds who thought they knew who Jesus was, but they were dead wrong. Think of it. If popular opinion drives what we believe in God and in our church, then everything that we know about the Eucharist or sacraments and even about Jesus Christ himself would be dead wrong. Now, often, the course of our church history, there have been basic truths that we hold to as Catholics that have not been widely held by other religions. Sometimes, our beliefs are not popular. I'll give you a good example of this. Our belief in the sanctity of life. As Catholics, we hold, to the highest degree, the sanctity of life, from conception to natural death, and we will strongly defend it. And yet, if you look in our country... Abortion is legalized, and in some states, assisted suicide is also legalized. And yet, those two things are not morally good. They're morally evil, and we as Catholics stand against them. And yet, at the same time, we're ridiculed and we're made fun of because of that. Well, it doesn't make a difference. We know the truth, and the truth is we value life, period, regardless of public opinion. That's why it is so important for us to understand, if there's one thing for us to take away from the scripture readings this weekend, is that all of our church, all of our teaching, is all based upon the inspiration of the Holy Spirit given to us by the power of God. And Peter is a great example of this. That's why he came to know the truth about Jesus Christ. And that's how we come to know about the truth, about Christ, the sacraments, and all the teachings of our church. What do we have to do? We have to remain like Peter. We have to remain in the church. As long as we are in the church, then we will always, like Peter, be inspired by the Holy Spirit and be given the power of God the Father to come to know the truth about all aspects of our faith, including Jesus Christ and His presence in our life and our relationship and our faith in Him. That's why there, this gospel reading is so, so important for us, now more than ever, as we face an increasing secular culture and society and world. We have to be like Peter, remain in the church. As long as we remain in the church, inspired by the Holy Spirit and with the power of God the Father, we will always know the truth. We will always know the presence of Christ in our life. We will know who we are as identity as Catholics and we will always know the truth of the teachings of our church. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.